It's axiomatic, or it has been for decades, that pricing information in contract bids remains secret. Not that contractors don't sometimes try. Some recent Freedom of Information Act decisions have upheld that principle on recompetes. We get more now from attorney Terry O'Connor, a partner at Behrensweig Leonard. He talked with Federal News Network's Tom Temin. FOIA is often uh, a way that uh, contractors try to get competitive intelligence on their competitors. Uh, they want to get a hold of the previous contract uh, or any other contracts that their competitors have. So they try to get a look at the pricing structure. So to some extent, uh, people try to use FOIA, uh, the Freedom of Information Act, as a way of getting competitive intelligence. The thing is, it doesn't really work. Uh, and in a sense, that's good news for contractors because contractors know that when they win a contract, uh, their proprietary information, pricing information, uh, is not going to be disclosed to the competitors other than the total cost. And it's like you know, going to Safeway and you, know, you don't mind telling people how much you, you paid for you know, the total you know, groceries. But the individual items that you paid for, uh, that's what's important in government contracting. And so the fight is always over what are the line item pricing. And it sounds like these are generally searches going on for recompetes of services contracts? Yes, primarily yeah, primarily services contracts. And in many cases, uh, the, the, the price that people are going to be proposing for a services contract, uh, there are surveys out there uh, and, uh, you know, bidding – People who do the bidding uh, preparation, they typically use uh, surveys uh, based on geographical areas about a, a computer technician with two years, what the, the rate the people are generally paying them. So there's information out there to get this kind of uh, competitive information, but the information that contractors put in their winning bids, that's not going to be disclosed. The line item prices are not going to be disclosed. And even after something is turned into an ongoing contract, that is still not public information? That's right. And the most this is really a ridiculous case uh, that I'm referring to. It was a NASA case, and it involved the James Webb Space Telescope. And the contract went from 2002 to 2009. And NASA wanted to release uh, a number of uh, Northrop Grumman's prices. And the case is interesting because it shows the typical government arguments which to at first blush seem like good arguments as to why the number should be disclosed and yet courts are so protective of uh, the prices that are in the proprietary prices that are in a contractor's bid uh, so let me just back up for a second nasa was willing to release they these were. numbers good to point. a contractor that asked for them that's right and i guess the contractor fought it yes uh, right and okay. won yeah. So they, uh, they were notified then of the FOIA request about good, yeah. their own contract. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, the FOIA allows, and we've my firm's been involved in a number of these cases where uh, we protect uh, the information that the agency might want to release. For example, in the last year, we protected the names of subcontractors uh, that uh, a competitor wanted in a, in a previous bid. Um, but this NASA case is so interesting because it has, as I said, a number of what seemed to us to be decent arguments, for example, but they were unsuccessful. Uh, for example, the, uh, the prices that the, uh, NASA wanted to release were not the actual prices in this 2002 contract. Um, they were proposed prices. Uh, they weren't even um, current prices. They were uh, 10, 15 years old. Um, 
And the arguments that uh, also is made is, hey, come on, price is only one uh, winning factor. Uh, so you're not really disclosing. An agency can believe that it's not really disclosing all that information. Here was something that it wasn't current, it wasn't actual. Uh, the um, In fact, NASA also had a good argument that um, there aren't going to be any more James Webb telescopes you know, projects. But Northrop Grumman had the argument, which you were actually referring to, in that it's those kinds of rates are used consistently. So whether it's an actual follow-on contract, they're all related contracts, and the prices are very related. We're speaking with Terry O'Connor. He's a partner and director of government contracts at Berenswag Leonard. And so in a services contract, though, prices are related to the hourly rate or the yearly rate, annual rate of the labor used. And it may not be the only thing, but it's it's the major thing. It is. Yeah, it is. And uh, what uh, contractors don't want to release, uh, as I said, the, the amount of money you pay your employee, you can find out what those employees are getting typically with these price surveys. The big difference is uh, how much is the uh, fringe benefit? Uh, uh, what are the uh, indirect costs. Some large companies will pay for education uh, of their employees. Some won't. Some will pay for really good health care. Some won't. So the big differentiating factor is often these indirect costs, the uh, fringe benefits. And so when you get a hold of what here they were looking at wrap rates, which are basically loaded, totally loaded rates. Um, But what the contractors were really, the competitors were really looking for were what that delta is between what the employee uh, is actually paid and how much that employee actually costs the company, including fringe benefits. And that was protected information, according to the courts. Yeah, well, it sure is easy to see how knowing those costs in reality can help you shave your bid. I mean, exactly. you could just say, well, yeah. we'll do it for 1% less. And then Exa- exactly. all else being equal, you get the bid, you, yeah. get, the, you get the nod. And, and that's the real argument that the courts uh, really understand. They are very protective. As I said, I thought the government, uh, to us lay people, maybe has some good arguments. They're not current. They're not actual. Uh, price, price is only one factor. And yet the courts just don't want to get that information out. It's a uh, you don't have to prove to keep these numbers secret. You don't have to prove actual harm. You just have to prove the likelihood of it. And, and, and that's ab- possible. How secret are the other elements of the contract, such as methodologies? or performance measures, that kind of thing, or that is the performance ratings received by that contractor. Yeah, the performance ratings are, are going to be protected generally. Uh, the depend, FAR says that if a proposal, the winning proposal, is actually incorporated into the contract, then that proposal is, is you know, subject to release. Uh, so some of the technical stuff could be released. Of course, if it's proprietary technical stuff, you know, how Polaroid makes uh, you know makes pictures you know and, and it happens to be in a specification and and then turned into a contract. I'm willing to bet that would be protected. But generally, if the proposal actually gets incorporated into the the winning contract, then that that whole document is a public document, and then the fight gets a little bit different. So there's enough out there that someone could construct a reasonably good bid, and if they do their pencil sharpening and their research properly then they should be able to have a fair chance at a recompete 
even without knowing the specific numbers. Yes, they, yeah, they could be in the ballpark. And that's why I think what people typically do when you're having a recompete is to get a hold of the copy of the current contract. And typically, agencies will release that. Of course, that's the good news. The bad news is a lot of what gets released will still be redacted out. But you'll have some sense of how the agency did the previous contract. Yeah. That's Terry O'Connor, a partner and director of government contracts at Behrensweig Leonard, talking with Federal News Network's Tom Temin. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive and subscribe to the Federal Drive on Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.